0: The show. This is your host, Kristen. And today we are going to jump into the future of work and why creativity is so important to us stepping into not only our work that brings us joy and purpose, but it is also how we stay, you know, employed, whether through another company or for ourselves. Because as computers and technology and AI do more and more. We are going to have to tap into what makes us uniquely human. Hi and welcome to Make Beautiful Things Podcast. I created this podcast so that I can help you step into your God-given purpose, monetize your gifts through an online business and help you create consistent income and have more impact in your home and in the world. Hi, I'm your host Kristen. I am a encourager and faith-led entrepreneur that has a heart to encourage and uplift other people in their businesses and at home. If you are ready to grow your business so you'll have more impact in the world and you'll be following the purpose that's been put upon your life, then grab your notebook and pen and let's get going. Okay, so first, let me jump on my soapbox. I have talked about creativity. I've talked about curiosity. I've talked about imagination on this show, you know, throughout the last year and a half, uh, more than a handful of times. I've talked about it on solo episodes. I've talked about it with guests. There is a reason it's so important. It's literally the foundation or one of the foundations below everything else we do, right? It's how we work, how we do something we love. It's how we connect to other people. It's how we see the world. So it's so important. And I also think, you know, the idea of this future of work is the more we have technology do things right in the world, the more we're going to have to tap into our own creative genius. And two, I think the more that we are connected through devices and digital, the digital age, the more we are yearning for this deep down soul desire to use our hands or to use our minds in creative ways to to make something, right? To literally birth something from our mind or our hands. And so that is why I think it's so important. It's a dual, you know, focus. It's dual because I think in the future, the work we do may look similar to now, but we may need to alter it as we go. So as an example of that, I would just say, let's say that you've done social media you know like graphics in the past well you may still do something like that in the future but yours is going to come from the the birth of the creativity more than actually doing the work right so for instance in the past a a graphic designer or a you know online designer might have had to use programs like photoshop or illustrator to create graphics and it took time to really learn and master those programs but now like anything technology things come around or come about that are that do more for us and so sites like canva and there's others are a drag and drop design program so it starts out with templates or you can start from scratch and it literally lets you change all the elements without any graphic design background now, of course, if you have an eye for design, or if you continue to pay attention to good design, you're going to be better at using a tool like that than someone that has no real, no, con- no concept of that. So, but those are the two things, right? So the one is the work we do in the future may look different and we have to keep iterating. We have to keep changing. And I think it's important that we think about that. We think about, okay, what is the work we do now? could that work we're doing now be changed or replaced in the future? Most likely the answer is yes, because every person and company, if we don't change, right, with the times, we become like a dinosaur, and we basically kind of put ourselves out of our work if we're not careful. Now, if you create with your hands or your mind, you know, like you're a writer or you create food, pottery, whatever it might be, obviously that's different because you're already doing something that is different than buying like a ceramic cup that's made in an assembly line, right? It's made in bulk. But I'm talking about for the rest of us that might do work on our computers or we are in the service industry or something like that. Uh, Anyways, so at the end, I'll give you, I'll follow back up with what I just said, and then I'll give you another tip or two, but I just wanna read you something from the book that just came out recently called Let There Be Art. The tagline is, the pleasure and purpose of unleashing the creativity within you. The book is by Rachel Marie King. And here's what I want to share that I thought was just so lovely that really ties into this idea. Okay. She says, when you finally find yourself ready to sit down at your desk to write, or in the studio to paint, or in that sanctuary to speak, or at a sunrise wedding to photograph, or on that stage to dance, or in that shed to make, or in your living room to play piano, or in the classroom to theorize, or in your kitchen to chop thyme or cilantro or parsley or any other herb you need to make that recipe from your grandmother's treasured cookbook, or wherever it is that you stand or kneel or walk or sit to create and cause beauty to be in beam from the hollow of your hands. You will find that everything, I mean everything, will rise up against you. Every holy, hard, impossible thing will rise up to greet you, will shake hands with you, will remind you of the painful truth that has been true of every beautifully created being since the beginning of time. The truth is that none of this is easy. None of our living, none of our loving, and certainly none of our longing to create. You will come to question, just like I have, if it really is the right time to consider writing a book or taking up poetry or plotting a garden or homeschooling your children between the small walls of your borrowed home. You will question, just like I have, if it is okay to say that you are a maker or a writer, or an artist, or the ever elusive creative, whatever in the world that means. You will question whether the work of your hands has worth, whether you can call the things you do and make art, and whether you really can claim that all of it is meaningful and irrevocably needed by others. I imagined you would find yourself in this curious place of questioning, in a place of wondering If the cosmos really is parting wide open and welcoming you to partake in the age-old practice of welding wonder and making things. I think that's just so beautiful. And I get that what she said has less to do with the future of work, but more to do with that deep down desire in our souls to create something, right? We literally are made in God's image and look at all the creativity all around us. Look at the things people come up with, the inventions, the, discovered things, right? Like things that are waiting to be discovered that how would we know that this certain plant can heal this medical condition or, you know, how many colors, how many crayon colors there are, right? It's just, it's, to me, it's mind blowing. And so I love what she said, because even if our work, we don't consider ourselves to do creative work or to be a creative, we often have a hobby. And then also we're all using creativity in our imagination or our curiosity to ask good questions, to be good creative problem solvers, to come up with the next innovation, whether it's a new book we're going to write or whether we work for a company and we build cars, whatever it is we do, we're, we are legitimately using our perception skills, our skills of observation, our skills of deduction, and then bringing ideas together. You know, Like, oh, I saw this lever over here and wouldn't that be cool if I, put this on this other product. So an example of that might be, uh, so, okay, if you buy something like shredded cheese or even, uh, what do you call it, like sliced cheese, you know, normally you open the package, or maybe flour, you open the package and it, it has a resealable little strip, but a lot of times they don't line up and then some of the stuff you buy, it won't close well. Well, I've seen in the last couple of years, Some companies have a resaleable strip that's more like the two pieces of Velcro. So it's I don't know if it's a half an inch or three quarters of an inch thick, but it's thicker than that one little line that we're supposed to match up perfectly. And it closes really well and it literally acts like Velcro, right? Like there's a I guess like a male and a female side and the little pieces grab the other side. But that's what I'm talking about. Someone might say, well, that's not, I'm not a creative person, but someone came up with that concept. So they applied the idea of Velcro or a Velcro-like substance to food packaging. That's genius. And let me tell you, it's a lot less frustrating as a consumer. So this is what we're talking about, right? How do we keep tapping into our creativity, to our creative genius, to our innovative ideas? Well, it's, it's by being observant, right? It's by being perceptive, writing down things that we notice for, you know, for like an idea notebook or on your phone, put it in your notes. Okay, so, so far I wanna give you three ideas that you can apply to make sure one, you're prepared for what the future might hold in your current, your profession or what you might move into. And then also how do we keep tapping into our creativity or, you know, our curiosity. So the first is, ask yourself or write down this question how might my career or work change in the next one to three years and then how could i hone my skills how can i keep iterating right and of course you may not want to keep doing what you're doing you may want to do something different but once again what skills will you be able to take and use and to do some and to take them to do something else But I think it's important that we regularly reflect on this at least once a year at a minimum, I believe. So that's the first thing. The second thing is how are you using your hands or your mind to tap into your creativity or your imagination? And if you're not, or you don't think you are, I would challenge you to at least weekly do something. Whether it's a five minute something or you're committing an hour a week or 30 minutes a day, whatever it might be. So for currently I just started a painting. Now I'm not well, I'm not an actual painter, but it's just something I, I bought paints, new paints that I wanted to try out. Actually, these are metallic acrylic paints and I'm just playing on the canvas. So I dabbled with it maybe a couple minutes the last few days. Other times it might be reading books that uh, make me start thinking about different things or a different perspective, writing the ideas down that really speak to me or the quotes. It might be listening to podcasts with people that I don't know a lot about, but I love the conversation. And other times it might just be, you know, like, Oh, how what? I need something and I don't have something to like, let's say I need a paper clip and I can't find a paper clip. Well, how else can I keep the paper? put together, right? So in other words, I just try to be perceptive and then I try to think, what else could I do here? How could I still solve for this? So I think that's really important. But I, I encourage you to use your hands. Sign up for a class to do something you know, you've never done or, or maybe you've done and you just haven't done it for a long time. I love, I've mentioned this before, I love taking pictures, mostly on my phone. But for me, that's a creative endeavor. How do I wanna frame it? What do I want in my frame of the photo? You know, what do I notice that I think is a really great thing to take a picture of? And so for me, that's another creative endeavor. And so anything is fine. It doesn't have to be something that really, you know, you don't have to go learn a musical instrument or you don't have to go paint. All those are good, but it can be something much more ordinary that you just do throughout your day. All right. The next thing is, and I'm going to share a little excerpt from the book Road to Wonder with, um, with the author's Taylor Hughes. And he talks about this idea, but it's basically that he says when he's kind of trying to decide something in some cases, he will go have an appointment with his eight year old self. And I think that's pretty cool. But it's sort of like tap into that knowing, tap into your child, you know, your childhood, your childlike self to really allow, I guess I'd say allow some of the constraints that we put on ourselves or society as an adult, allow some of that kind of drip away for a moment so that you can really think as a more creative, playful eight-year-old. So here's what he says. Often in life, we find ourselves asking, what is next? It is very easy to get stuck in the idea of not knowing where we should head next or what moves to make. We read books to inspire us, troll social media to see what other people are doing, even ask for a sign from heaven to show us a guiding light. When I find myself trapped in one of these moments, I make an appointment with a friend who knows me better than anyone else and has never let me down, my eight-year-old self. Eight is a great year. You were old enough to understand that life is different than you originally thought, but you were still a kid. You have the perfect balance of reality and imagination. As we get older, that pendulum tends to swing hard towards reality because we are faced with it daily. From the moment you wake up, the world is shouting reality at you. It's hard to avoid. In fact we are conditioned to immediately ask what the current reality is we feel the need to get caught up within 10 minutes of our eyes being open each morning we've checked the news checked twitter then scrolled our friends social media pages to see what each of their individual realities are we are faced with more reality every day than many of our ancestors experienced in a lifetime we have forgotten how much whimsy wonder and imagination were supposed to be part of our approach to life this is why You should regularly schedule appointments with your eight year old self. Back then you didn't have life all figured out and you knew it. And that is a great jumping off point. Today. We think we have to, we have it all figured out. We have instant access to all human knowledge. And so we feel terrible when there are seemingly no answers to the problem we face. There is a reason that shows like kids say the darndest things make us laugh. It's because kids tell it to you straight. They haven't been so socially conditioned to be worried about your ego. They are so much more honest than adults. It's been amazing watching my daughters grow up because they have this innocence, I'm sorry, have this innocent common sense that many adults lack. Things like treating others the way you wanna be treated seems so obvious to them, while we mature adults are still trying to figure that out. The great thing about talking to your eight-year-old self is that you know when you're full of it. You will call baloney on yourself and others might give you a break or have sympathy for your poor excuses. There's a saying, that you are your own worst critic. I agree that the current you is your worst critic, but your eight-year-old self can be your strongest ally. And so he just goes on to say, what is it what is an appointment with himself, his kid self look like? And he basically just says, it's simple. I just ask, what would my eight-year-old me think of this? In times when I've been a little ungrateful, my eight-year-old self reminds me of how much I would have given for this opportunity. If I'm going one, or, one of two ways on the decision, i let my i let kid me decide when i'm working too much my old self says go spend time with your family also my kid self is very impressed that katie married me so you know i think it's that whole thing like if your eight-year-old kid self you ask them you know what should i be doing right now right And in you it was between like finishing a work project but the deadline is not today versus going outside and playing right adult playing if you will i mean that's fine Your eight-year-old self would know the right answer. It would know it's play, right? Or spending time with people. It would be going on the adventure with your friends. It would be walking out the front door and not knowing what the day will hold or the evening. So this is why I love that idea. And I think it's a fantastic idea for you to apply in your real life. When is the last time you asked your child self, which way to go, which path to take. I'm pretty sure most of our eight-year-old selves are gonna tell us to take the dirt path, right? To go on an adventure, much like, right, the, the movie ET from way back, super old, but any movie like that, right? There was an adventure with a bike and now an alien. So how can we apply that to our lives? Because I think when we ask our eight-year-old selves, they have a lot more creative ideas And they can tap into that a lot easier in our imaginations than often all of us adults can because we've pushed it away for too long. We've ignored it. And so if you're feeling uninspired, not very creative, that sort of thing, bring back out that eight-year-old self. What did you love doing as a kid? What creative thing or playful thing did you love doing or playing with? Go do that or some version of it right maybe you love ice cream and you loved getting three different scoops and colors Well, go have ice cream right I think it's so important it's so good and so those are the three things that I would say you can do to make sure you're staying you know kind of connected with what might the future of work look like in your own life or you know for your type of work and then two how do we keep tapping into the way we're really meant to live and the way we're meant to be created, which is to be creative, to be expressive, to have self-expression and to really be perceptive and observe and then apply what we're seeing, right? What we're noticing to life, both to live a good life, a better life, but also to bring it into our work. So that is what I want to share with you today. And, I also would love it if you have any ideas or tips or things you want to share about what you see as a future of work, what that might look like, and also just how we tap into that special thing, right, that humans have, that computers do not have, that animals do not have. We were built with this creativity. We were built with this curiosity and this imagination, and that makes us unique. No computer programs can, yes, they can try to make it have creative ideas or bring things together. It is different, right? Than how we work. So I hope you'll take that. I hope it'll inspire you to add a little more playfulness and creativity to your week. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you could leave an Apple review and rating because it helps other people find us and grow the show. Also, we would love for you to check out the website, KristenBitch.com, where you can check out all sorts of free resources, goodies, and ways that you can work with me. Until next time, I hope you have a beautiful day.